You wanna hear a good joke? Nobody speak, nobody get choked. Sports fans, it is Friday here on 89.1 KHOL and Teton Sports Talk is here to bring you a little bit closer to your weekend. I'm your host, Massey Zeman, and I'm solo today. Um, People are probably wondering, well, where's your loyal co-host, Graham Trainer? Well, here's a funny story. Last week, I was asked if I could record on Wednesdays by my lovely wife, and I said, do you mean record on Valentine's Day? She said, yes. I have a things with the gir- I have something with the girls on Thursday. Well, trainer can't do Thursday. So guess what? I'm here post Super Bowl trying to give you some of my some of my thoughts and takes on the Super Bowl and then I'll go through the huddle. So here we are. I'm down in the KHOL basement by myself on Valentine's Day. Don't feel sorry for me. I don't want your p- uh, pity. We're here to talk Super Bowl and even though it is all by myself, now, I took notes during the Super Bowl, and uh, rereading them, obviously, they needed to be polished up a little bit, but I wanted to go through some of the unrelated football storylines that I thought were funny, uh, as well as the Super Bowl itself, first half, second half, overtime, maybe a brief mention of uh, of halftime, because who doesn't love Ludacris? Going to stand by that take. Um, so let's just, let's just hop into it. This is going to be a shorter episode. Since there's only me here just doing one take, one thought to be broadcast all over Jackson and all over the world. So uh, let's see how this goes. I've done it before, but let's um, let's see if I can uh, not bust on this one like I have in previous ones. But here we go. I need your support. Going into the game, Kadarius Tony, and by the game I mean Super Bowl, Kadarius Tony was a healthy scratch, and I thought that was hilarious. The Chiefs weeks ago gave him the option of saying he has an undisclosed injury and some personal matters to attend to. He went on Instagram and said, this is BS. I'm not hurt. The Chiefs are pulling some wool over your eyes. It's like, yeah, dude, you you just drop balls and you line up off sides. What, what do you expect us to do? You're not that good at football and you're not good enough to be on the Super Bowl team. Healthy scratch. Now he's got two Super Bowls with the Chiefs. And I thought that was hilarious. Okay. Here, here's an actual point that I would like to bring, re-bring up, bring back up, is remember how I said Tony Romo was annoying? Well, there you go. I, I just, Tony Romo calling Super Bowl was too much Tony Romo. Uh, I bet you he doesn't call another Super Bowl again because he was stepping all over the moment, stepping all over Jim Nance. He was too busy in the final, in the game-winning play, too busy explaining the clock rules in overtime, and Jim Nance couldn't get the game-winning play in the Super Bowl called exactly right. I think all he said was, Tony Jackpot! Or not even Tony, because Tony wasn't there. I mean, he, and then Romo went back and started re-explaining the rules. Like, Tony, shut up and let the let the people hear the stadium. Let them hear the noise. Let them feel the moment. Instead, we got Tony Romo all over the place. His analysis was weak. He was singing the songs going into commercials. He was, there was just too much Tony Romo, and I hope the world is now aware that he, in fact, is one of the more annoying announcers. I will take Greg Olson all day over Tony Romo. Um, commercials, there's not much to say. I thought commercials were overrated. I think the Super Bowl commercials were overrated, but Ben Affleck and Matt da- Damon and J-Lo was funny. Um, and my other note I have here is I didn't know Jesus was so rich. Yeah, well, fair. All right, let's go to the game itself because uh, – 
The first, it was almost a tale of two halves. In fact, it was. Not a lot happened. It was not very interesting first half, but it kind of set up the second half in a way where it made it electric. They Both both teams had fumbles in the first half. The, four, uh, the Chiefs failed to score on their opportunity, which seemed like the 49ers were going to get you know another chance. Uh, in my notes here, I have uh, Travis Kelsey bumping into Andy Reid. That was a wild move. Andy, a little top-heavy, let's say. Travis Kelsey yelling in his face and bumping into Andy Reid. I get, I get competitiveness, but that was that was way too far. But it turned out all right because they won. And Andy Reid was like, yeah, we'll just keep it in-house. What, what do I care? We're Super Bowl champions back-to-back. Uh, another first half, Drake Greenlaw. Non-contact injury was a bad loss. That was a bad loss for the San Francisco 49ers. In our preview, I mentioned that Greenlaw was the hardest-hitting linebacker the 49ers have. He was coming in after a punt and just popped his Achilles running onto the field. Like that was just a, a, a lightning strike. Uh, the 49ers defense still showed up, but they could have used a strong, strong middle of the field. The first half, Mahomes also, here's another thing. Here's another thing with Mahomes. Mahomes was uncomfortable all half. He didn't seem like he was in a rhythm. So that's kind of the tale of two halves. I think Cincinnati, uh, Cincinnati, I think Mahomes scored, the Chiefs scored three points in the first half. It was very un Mahomes life. Now, Let's go into halftime. Uh, J.J. Watt's hair was was nuts. He looked like a Backstreet Boy. Changed up a little bit. Decided to do it in front of 180 million people. Might want to run that by a significant other before you just roll up into the broadcast booth with hair looking like you're uh, NSYNC's backup dancers. Um, so let's let's move on. Oh, well, that the halftime. I mean, I thought I was in CGI in the Usher concert. There was one point where the microphone must have had a camera in it and it was spinning around and then the stage was spinning around and then there's a everyone was on roller skates and the crowd was moving and I kind of had a panic attack. I kind of was like, are we in the are we in the matrix? It was it was incredible. And when Ludacris popped out, I knew little John was coming, but I for, totally forgot Ludacris was on the yeah or whatever that song is called. Yeah, 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 yeah. I forgot Ludacris was featured in that song and when he popped out with that afro, I was like, take Take me there. Now, I'm aware of the demographic that gets catered to the Super Bowl, and they're considered old, but about two or three years now, it's like, great. I guess I've fallen that demographic now where the Super Bowl halftime show is all about me. So, sorry, guys. Sorry, boomers. Sorry, millennials. Or the generation younger than millennials. Z, it's our our halftime performance for the next 10 or 15 years. So, so, sorry, I'm not sorry. All right, in the second half, my only my only note here is Kansas City scored after a muff punt to VSK, and that's where the game kind of turned because it felt like San Francisco was keeping in stride with the Kansas City offense. Now, there's very various points where you say that's the difference of the game, that's the difference of the game. I think it was just a well-played football game. I feel like that the everything was rager margins thin, and some they got away with a couple turnovers, including the Chiefs, now, Kansas City, Patrick Mahomes turned it over in the second half with a wild interception, clearly done out of frustration, couldn't get things going. It just seemed like San Francisco had all this momentum and was dominating the game, but it didn't show on the scoreboard. And you have to be able, you have to be able to take care of business against Kansas City when when they're not scoring points. Now, let's go to overtime because this game ended. Excuse me, the this, uh, second half ended with Kansas City field goal to tie the 49ers to put them into OT. Now, this is where the mistake happened. The biggest, most glaring mistake. 
Kyle Shanahan won the toss, and he elected to receive the ball first, thinking that he wanted to have the ball third. What does that mean? That means if they receive, they scored a touchdown. Kansas City has the ability to answer, and then and if they score a touchdown, then it's sudden death, right? So Shanahan was saying, I wanted to get the ball third when the game turned to sudden death, so I had a better chance to win the game. But it's almost ridiculous to, to, to think that when you're facing Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes. He went to the analysis, and the analysis said, oh, you should get the ball third. But they didn't factor in Patrick Mahomes and Kansas City. It seemed like a ridiculous thing because even if you get the ball first, like Shanahan did, and you go down and score a touchdown, which they didn't do, you give the ball to Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid, and they know what they have to do. And if they go back down and score a touchdown, why not go for two? What's the biggest chance here? Biggest percentage chance of winning? Patrick Mahomes gaining two yards or kicking the ball off back to San Francisco to see if your exhausted defense can stop them from going down and kicking a field goal to win the game. I think you count on Patrick Mahomes getting two yards. That was my biggest point. Now, nothing is automatic, but whoever the analysts that told Shanahan to receive at the beginning of OT were wrong. Now, here's something. Here's something I, I thought about just now. What if whoever the captain was for San Francisco, I can't remember, what if he blew the he blew the 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 thing, the blew the call, not the call, but he was the one that screwed up and Shanahan was covering for him saying, "Oh no, like the and the, the nerds told us that we should get the ball first. Maybe he was doing that, but it still is kind of a black eye and Shanahan's now 0 and 3 Super Bowl performances. Everyone was on Shanahan, and now they're doubly on Shanahan. Now, 49ers fans, I'm sorry that you got a coach that loses Super Bowls. I mean, there are more compelling stories in the NFL than the 49ers. I don't, I don't feel bad for you. I don't feel bad that you have your future QB, all the parts around him, a great coach. You seem to go to Super Bowls with the NFC Championship on the regular. I'm sorry that you haven't won a Super Bowl in 20-some-odd years or whatever it's been. But I just don't feel I just don't feel bad for you. You have sustained success. It stinks that it's during the Patrick Mahomes era. Because guess what? Patrick Mahomes was not supposed to win the Super Bowl. He was not supposed to be this good. He was on the road. I mean, he beat a Miami team, which was banged up, but he went on the road and beat Bills, Ravens, and Littering, and the San Francisco 49ers to win the Super Bowl. That had to be the hardest run in Super Bowl and playoff history when it comes to the teams they had to go on the road and beat. So let's just go to my overall thoughts because this will go, this will kind of tie it all in together. And then maybe I'll go into my huddle once you're, if you haven't finished uh, listening to me yet, since, since I'm the only one here. San Francisco, Brock Purdy played well enough to win this game. Their defense played w- well enough to win this game. Brock Purdy had three go ahead drives in this game. And he succeeded in all three, but he gave the ball back to Patrick Mahomes, which, you know, you want to run all that time off the clock, but eventually you have to score. Also, let's mention let's mention Juan Jennings. He might have been Super Bowl MVP if the Chiefs or the 49ers had won this game. He was all over the place. They, they were shutting down McCaffrey. I think he only had 3.6 yards of carry. The rest of the offense was pretty stagnant, but John Jennings had passed for a touchdown and caught for a touchdown. He was having 
the game of his life. And it's worth mentioning that if you look at the high school uh, recruit ranking, he was the highest ranked quarterback on the field coming out of high school. That's just a funny thought that Brock Purdy and Patrick Mahomes were ranked lower than Juwan Jennings going in or, or as as high school recruits. That's it's pretty good. Now, the SF defense already San Francisco's defense already said that gr- losing Greenlaw to a non-contact injury was was just like lightning striking, like I said earlier. Now, they played Travis Kelsey well in the first half. I think he only had one reception for one yard or something close to it. The defense kept him in this game. The special teams, the up back coming up and trying to block for his for his guy, had the ball bounce off his ankle and went Kansas City's way. And they scored on the next play, I believe, from 16 yards out. That's when things that's when things tilted. San Francisco had been controlling the game. It hadn't been showing up up on the scoreboard. Kansas City gets one break. They execute well. They're in the end zone. And it's starting to feel like, uh-oh, here comes Kansas City, which they did. Now, let's go to the Chiefs side. Chiefs defense, Steve Spagnola needs his flowers here. He's a four-time Super Bowl champ, three with the Chiefs, one with the Giants. Now, with the Giants, he beat Tom Brady when he was 16-0 and going into that game. And and he Steve Spagnola dialed up blitz after blitz. But when I say that, it wasn't constant. I might want to retract that a little bit. It was well-timed blitz after well-timed blitz, and he did it all game. He did it on like a third, third and long in the red zone, forced San Francisco to punch, punt, and on the last play or the last offensive play before the 49ers kicked a field goal in overtime, they were confused on assignments because Steve Spagnola has was calling a masterclass game, and they forgot to block Chris Jones. Now, how do you block Chris Jones? Chris Jones being the defensive end for or defensive tackle for the Chiefs best player on the field just wrecking things all game I don't know I don't know how you blow that assignment and let a what a running back try to pick that up and you're trying to get to the second level nah I don't think that's going to work I think you're going to have to stick a helmet in Chris Jones chest and slow him down push him pull him do something but that that play had a wide owned open uh Ayuk or uh, Debo, I can't forget the DB that was covering the wide, San Francisco wide receiver, Janarius Sneed, sna- fell down, fell down out of the break, and he was wide open. But Chris Jones was too busy blowing up that play for Brock Purdy to get his head around to his second option. So the Chiefs' defense what, played a masterful game. Now the Chiefs' offense, a little bit out of sorts the majority of the game until un- until like I said, the the ball bounced off the upback's foot and they got it. They didn't capitalize on the McCaffrey fumble on the fir- on San Francisco's first drive. They threw a pick coming in out of the second half, which appeared out of frustration. It just seemed like it was not Kansas City's day. But alas, Patrick Mahomes, he's good at football. Andy Reid is a really good coach. Travis Kelsey, good at football. And they put it all together. They put it all together to come back-to-back Super, Super Bowl champs with a chance to do a three-peat Next season. Now that's it. That's all of football for seven months. Wives and girlfriends rejoice. Sundays are yours. Saturdays are yours. It's sad to see it go. It is sad to see it go. But what a hell of a Super Bowl to send us on our way into the offseason where all of the bad teams, like my Saints, dreams almost come true until kickoff in September. I mean, we, we, being the collective bad teams in the NFL have all the hope in the world. Everyone is zero to zero. 
Everyone is tied. Everyone leads their division. It is a clean slate. And now the, the target on the Chiefs back becomes bigger. But you have to imagine that they're going to address some of those issues on offense. They're going to address the skilled positions. It's worth saying that Tyree Kill got paid a bunch of money by Miami and Kansas City has won two Super Bowls without him in the last two seasons. So they're going to have to not get a Tyreek Hill. They're just going to have to get decent players at the wide receiver position. They seem to have the running back all, all sorted up. The only hole is those three or four wide receivers that they need to, to depend on. And guess what? If you have Patrick Mahomes throwing you the ball and hitting it off your face mask, you should be able to get the guys that will be able to catch his ball. Now let's get, get into the huddle. That was a long-winded solo Super Bowl rant. So let's get into the huddle. The huddle is the good news of the week, the critical number of the week, something you are stuck on, your quote slash question of the week, and your goat of the week. Massey, what is your good news of the week? There is no good news this week. Football is over and UVA hoops lost to Pittsburgh at home. It's the worst. It's the worst. Okay, okay. Critical number. We're going back to football. Nine and two. This is a significant, significant statistic here. Patrick Mahomes is nine and two in the postseason when trailing by seven plus points. That means out of his nine wins, he was down in seven of them. That that's an incredible, incredible percentage of, of coming back and keeping your composure. That just shows the ice water and the out of world talent that Patrick Mahomes has. Now, my other critical number is hilarious because it's kind of like Cole takes exposed. In that, in that manner where Troy Aikman in 2019 responded to a tweet that was a, it was a statistical tweet. Now, follow me here. This tweet read that Patrick Mahomes has thrown 30%, 36% of Troy Aikman's career touchdowns in about 8% of the games. Now, Troy did not like that. At the time, he tweeted back. Now, granted, this is 2019. Talk to me when Patrick Mahomes has 33% of my Super Bowls. Now, Troy Aikman has three Super Bowls now, in case people don't know. Well, that take got re, re-exposed because Patrick Mahomes just won his third Super Bowl. And why is it resurfaced, you ask? Because Patrick Mahomes now has 100% of Troy Aikman's Super Bowl t- titles, thrown 132% of his touchdowns in about 58% of his career games. Yikes, Troy! Uh, can't be can't be stoked about that resurfacing. The internet is undefeated, and Troy, you just got stuck in the crosshairs. I I, I would feel bad for multi millionaire, multi Super Bowl champion, but I don't. Alas, all right, my stuck on. You knew SEC football was going to make its way in here through all the headlines and Super Bowl hyped and Taylor Swift this and Travis Kelsey that. Alabama's offensive coordinator, Ryan Grubb, is a living piece of garbage because he went to Tuscaloosa and made it 30 days until the transfer portal was closed, and then he packed his bags up and went to the Seahawks to become their offensive coordinator under Mike McDonald. Now, what what happened, Ryan? Was it the humidity? Did the country cooking get to you? Did you get a little taste of the crazies and you were like, no, 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 no. I think these Seattle crazies are less crazy than than the Bama crazies, which might be right, which might be right. I'm, I'm pretty sure that's right. 
Now, I know this show's a chink in the armor in Alabama, but what it really does, it just makes me hate the Seattle Seahawks even more. I've hated them since Marshawn Lynch performed the Beast Quake back in the 2011 against the Saints where he broke 14 tackles on his way to the end zone. So, Seattle, you are permanently uh, with the, under the Ryan Grubb tenure in the doghouse when it comes to me. All right, my quote slash question of the week. What is going on in the NBA and college hoops right now? It's an honest question because my – Head has been buried in the sand, and UVA can't beat anybody with a pulse besides Clemson. They don't. UVA doesn't have the group this year, and it makes me sad. I have to think about the bubble. I have to pay attention to other teams, whether they win or lose. Some meaningless game against Wake Forest and NC State is going to bother me. I'm going to have to sweat out the ACC tournament to see if it's good enough to get the who's in. I just hate. I just hate the instability at UVA right now. The transfer portal has kind of rocked a little bit. We don't have the NIL money that other schools have. Uh, We have prestige, the prestige of being a Virginia gentleman. But seriously, like we need to get some guys on the floor that can gel faster in the day of the transfer portal. We got to get them up to speed and up to speed faster. And if there's any NBA fans or college hoop fans out there that want to come on the show and explain to me what exactly is going on in this field, then please be my guest. Contact us at gtrain84gmail. Let us know your thoughts. All right, the GOAT, my GOAT of the week, and then I'll be out of here, and I appreciate your patience. My GOAT of the week, besides Jason Kelsey, Kelsey, which is the obvious answer, he was out partying like he had just won a Super Bowl he was with the Chiefs. He was with his brothers. He was up on stage with Marshmallow Head in some wrestling like Rey Mysterio Jr. mask. He was living it up. But it's not Jason Kelsey. It is, in, fa- in fact, his wife, Kylie. Now, the reason she is the GOAT of the week, because she's a native of Philadelphia and is a diehard Eagles fan. So what did she wear to the Super Bowl with Travis Kelsey playing? His girlfriend, Taylor Swift, watching fans, celebrities. 180 million people watching at home. What did she wear? She wore a Cincinnati Bearcats sweatshirt because that's that's where Travis and Jason went to college. It just shows her how she's a Philly girl through and through. I just liked that no matter what the pressure was, Kylie stayed true to her roots and was like, no, I'm just not a fan of the Kansas City Chiefs. They beat us last year in the Super Bowl, so why would I support them? Kudos to you, Kylie. All right. I know that was quick. I know it's not the full show that you wanted, but that was my one take. From this week in sports, please download our podcast wherever podcasts are available. I am Teton Sports Talk. This week, our usual co-host, Graham Trainer, is on a nice Valentine's Day date with his lady. All right, that's it, and that's all.